It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. I am your host, Mr. Wonderful. Very happy you could be joining us this week. Hope things have been good in your neck of the woods. Staying safe, staying healthy, having a good old time. I know on my end, things definitely been getting a little hectic as I am in the final week. It's, it's crazy. I'm going on vacation next week. So uh, again, a very special episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show going to be dropping next week. Going to be doing something a little different because not going to be able to bring you all the latest news uh, and things going on in the world. Uh, and we have a lot to talk about today. I know I have, I had a full list of things to talk about today and we'll quick hit a lot of that stuff, but the news of Norm MacDonald yesterday before recording this show, uh, which I record on Wednesdays and get it out for you on Wednesdays, but the news that broke with that, that's going to take up a good portion of the show today. But things on my end have been really hectic because it's wild how when you get close to a vacation, you have to, and I know it's because you're trying to do a week's worth of work in the span of a few days, a couple days. But yeah, things have been getting hectic on my end on top of trying to do all that work. It is uh, my girlfriend's birthday on Saturday. So I'm trying to juggle that and make sure I give her the weekend that she deserves because I'm going to be gone Tuesday all the way to Sunday. So with a big trip coming up that she unfortunately couldn't make due to her job, uh, and what's and just being unable to take that much time off with her job right now, it's 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 very crazy on my end. A lot of things happening, uh, a lot of things going on work wise. I am happy to know though that when I come back from vacation, one thing that I have not enjoyed doing at work is no longer going to be on my plate, and that makes me totally happy. And it's hosting a sports show because I don't mind talking about sports. In fact, I have literally written down uh, on the sheet is ESPN 30 for 30 uh, because, man, they they do a great job producing those and they're doing one on the 1986 Mets that began on Tuesday the 14th and is going to be wrapping up tonight on September 15th, a four-part documentary just on the New York Mets and what they were in the city and what they meant to the city and what kind of their rise to the 86 world championship and then the team that they were and the stories as a Mets fan, it hasn't been anything like to write home about, but there's been enough, you know, there's, there's been cool things behind the scene things that I have never seen that I'm like, Oh, that's cool as a Mets fan. That's cool as a Mets fan. But for the most part, this is a cool documentary. If you have no idea about the New York Mets in the eighties or what the weirdness of the times and just how that team really did breathe New York. There was there was this four or five year period, six year period in New York where the Yankees weren't a bad team, but they were not the team that you know them as today. They were not the back page headliners. It was the New York Mets. And this documentary does a good job if you have no idea what that story kind of is at really so far through the first two parts unfolding that story to new fans of of this story but to me as a Mets fan 
it's it's a fun remembrance of man the new york mets were a wild effing team in the 80s like lots of drugs lots of old like they were rock stars in the baseball world it's truly uh, again if you're unfamiliar uh, definitely go check out the espn 30 for 30 the first two parts already aired the last two parts going to be airing later on uh, this day, September 15th. Hey, you might be listening to this. This might have already aired if if you are and you happen to pay for the Disney Plus bundle. It's on ESPN Plus. Maybe a reason to actually get the bundle because, you know, you can check out some of these 30 for 30s. And it's not just the Mets one. They do a really good job on all the 30 for 30s. But uh, as a Mets fan, I've enjoyed it. And hey, another sell for you. Jimmy Kimmel, one of the producers. There you go. So for the one super duper Jimmy Kimmel fan listening, you might want to go check that out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of been what's going on in my world, as well as catching up on the final season of Lucifer, which is something that's been happening. Uh, I got to see, I believe I just finished episode five yesterday. So I'm, I'm getting to about that midway point. Uh, not going to really spoil, not going to talk spoilers or anything. Haven't finished it yet. Trying to take my time with these types of shows, especially in the last season. And this is something that I've talked to the girlfriend about. Just trying to enjoy them, trying to take them in because we have a tendency in this day and age to rush through things, binge watch it, get it over with. And I get it's really a lot of that has to do with the fact that I hate all of you who do this and. Hopefully, if you're listening right now, you don't do this, but the people that run instantly onto social media, I mean, like, you get 10 episodes of an hour-long show that drops at midnight, and within three hours, people are already on social media sharing the biggest spoilers of the season. I get it. That's the way society works. But I've done a really good job at dipping and dodging a lot of things on the internet over the years. I'm a, I'm still a Walking Dead fan, and I'm two weeks behind on that show. Uh, just a lot of, again, a lot has been happening work-wise trying to get ready for vacation to Halloween Horror Nights next week. But it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, like I've done a really good job at, at finding a way to avoid spoilers. So, I, I, I hate people that instantly take with the spoilers. There's a way of talking about things. That's why I do this show. You know, I entice you. I give you kind of the small details. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, you you might, hopefully are intrigued by it. And it makes you go check it out. And Lucifer, so far, where I'm at in this final season, I'm a little confused. It, I know it's all, I, I, and I know I'm supposed to be confused, but I just feel like certain characters are in weird places where they shouldn't be from everything that we built up to certain actions. Some of them are taking just don't make sense, but I know that where it left it, it seemed like they were starting to unfold and unravel why that was happening, but it, it it's made the first couple episodes a little hard for me to watch because at times I've gotten really frustrated with certain characters that I'm like, I know you're not that stupid or I know you you shouldn't do that and you've never done that through the first five seasons of the show and all of a sudden, as we're getting to the final 10 hours of it, you're doing this? 
But they started to kind of unravel a little bit of that on why that might be happening. Uh, Where certain things are laid right now, I'm still uncertain about some characters that popped up. I want to believe one thing, but then I'm very much being pulled in the opposite direction. So I'm very curious to see where it is. I hope that they nail the landing because I have really enjoyed this show and I'm still enjoying it. I, I just, I'm a little kind of, huh, I'm, I'm intrigued by what's happening here, but not in the proper way. I'm more annoyed, intri- annoyed intrigued by it. So hopefully uh, Lucifer lands that, that ending because I, I really have enjoyed this show. And I will admit I'm part of the reason it probably got canceled at Fox because I didn't watch it until it went to Netflix and Netflix came in with the save on the show and I've really enjoyed it. So I wish I had been with it from the beginning, but I guarantee my one viewership or or me and the girlfriend's viewership wasn't going to save it at Fox. Uh, and I'm happy it's on Netflix. They've gotten a little more money. You can see where the transition was in the show as well when you watch the Fox days to the Netflix days. But uh, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer produced show as well. So if you've never checked it out, it's it's got DC connections. It comes from the DC comics and the characters. So I know that it, he, that Lucifer Morningstar and and that actor as well did a crossover on the DC universe stuff on the CW. He popped up, I think, in one of the one of the crossovers. He 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 had an appearance. I think he ends up talking to the Flash. So you know, definitely, I I think it's worth a check out. Uh, but yeah, look forward to finishing that hopefully before heading down to Florida next week. So there's no way to get around it this episode today. Uh, A lot, again, to get into. Uh, Norm MacDonald yesterday, uh, we're going to start the show with this because it it was really hard news to catch yesterday afternoon on the 14th to see my phone give the update, uh, to see the Hollywood Reporter, Deadspin, CNN, Fox, all of those breaking news coming through on my phone saying SNL alum Norm MacDonald passes away at the age of 61 uh, and it's due to cancer of all things and the fact that he's been battling it for almost a decade, nine years total, completely silent, kept it out of the public eye, kept it away from family, friends, His longtime producing partner was the one that came out with the quote saying that Norm was most proud of his comedy. He never wanted the diagnosis to affect the way the audience or any of his loved ones saw him. He was a pure comic. He once wrote that a joke should catch someone by surprise. It should never pander. He certainly never pandered. And Norm will be missed terribly. And man, this news really hit me hard yesterday. It really did. Because Norm MacDonald over the years been a big part of my life. I really liked the movie Dirty Work. I watched the heck out of the Dr. Doolittle movie, the first one at least, growing up because, well, you had Eddie Murphy and you had uh, Norm MacDonald as Lucky the Dog doing the main voice. So I I really, really enjoyed Norm MacDonald's work and so did my parents and so did my brother's. And that's where I was really ever introduced to Norm MacDonald. For the longest time, I didn't know that one of his breaks in Hollywood came writing for The Roseanne Show. 
I did know, though, that he wrote for The Dennis Miller Show. But of course, I'm going to assume that for most of you, like myself, it was Saturday Night Live, uh, where, uh, you know, he was a big recognition, a big name, uh, especially hosting Weekend Update. That was one of my favorite segments. He did that for three seasons. I really loved, like, to me, he turned Weekend Update and that hosting gig more so from the Chevy Chase slapstick, you know, things like that. And you kind of got it with Miller a little bit prior, but he really turned it into being able to deliver the perfect jabs and really turned it, I think, more into the political satire that it has become known for, the Weekend Update portion. And for me, one of the funniest, funniest that I still like... Because it's all about his delivery, man. He had one of the greatest, calmest, coolest, like the uncertain setup and then the deadpan certain delivery that just hammered the joke home. And having that on Weekend Update was perfect. And and the one that I will always remember was post the OJ trial, the verdict, and he goes on and just simply goes, well, murder is legal in California now. Like, Wow. It just the way that he was able to deliver that simple, like in that normism, in that way, <laughs> normism, but in that way that he delivered it, it, it always made me laugh. It was something that I loved. And I know it's a little crazy to be remembering the SNL days because, you know, yeah, I'm a millennial. I'm not, I, I shouldn't, I'm around the age where I shouldn't really remember like Sandler and Farley and Miller and all of them on SNL. I should really remember the feral Catan into uh, a little bit of Brewer and and into like uh, the Jimmy Fallons and the Tracy Morgans and them. Like I should remember those a little bit more because that plays a little more to my my age demographic when I should be staying up watching that show. But I had older brothers, so I got to I loved staying up as late as I could on Saturday nights with them and watching SNL. So I got to see a lot of the Sandler stuff and that stuff live and in person. Uh, I do remember as well. Howard Stern popping up on uh, Weekend Update as well. The one time he popped up on uh, SNL, he popped up during Weekend Update and was like, I demanded I come on for this. And that's where he debuted a scene from his movie Private Parts. Like, things I remember. Norm MacDonald's a part of right there. But uh, I I did bring up the Weekend Update O.J. Simpson thing. That is partly why he also got fired from SNL. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that he did the Weekend Update gig but he lost it in 97. He was with the show till 98, but he lost it in 97 because he kept making those jokes and OJ was good friends with an NBC, NBC executive. So that kind of ended up costing him his job. Uh, I do remember as well, though, not long after that, he started his own sitcom called Norm on ABC that ran for three seasons. I We watched that in my household because I was like, hey, Norm McDonald's got a TV show. He makes me laugh. I'm going to watch that. And it was it was typical Norm MacDonald style stuff. It was funny. It was good. I I know why it only ran for three seasons, though. Uh, Movie-wise, I mean, I mentioned Dr. Doolittle. I watched that growing up. Uh, Deuce Bigelow, he was in both of those. The Male Gigolo one, I still remember going to see that movie with my mom, of all people, because I really wanted to see it, and she took me to go see it. Because she was like, hey, we know Rob Schneider, the making copies guy from SNL. And 
okay, sure. You, you, again, those, that SNL cast, I grew more up on. I still knew Farrell. I still knew Fallon and them. I watched the show for many, many years. It, it really wasn't until somewhere towards the end of Jimmy Fallon when they, when that switchover started, that's when I kind of fell out of Saturday Night Live. Uh, so, I want to say around like the 2005 time, like Farrell was leaving or was already gone. Uh, Fallon was leaving or already gone. Like uh, around that, around the time I went off to college, I stopped really watching Saturday night live, but Deuce Bigler, I remember going to see that one with my mom. And I remember when Norm popped up, we did the Norm, you know, like both of us just laughed and loved it. And it was the stupidest of cameos with, as the bartender with the, yeah, that would be $9. Oh, let me get another drink. All right, that'll be $15. Well, you're going to pay me the money or I'm going to take this straw and then I'm going to shove it up your pee hole. Like that stuff just, and both of us just laughing hysterically nonstop while the audience around us is like, this really isn't a funny movie. And we're like, it's super funny because it's Norm MacDonald delivering this line. And this movie's absolutely hysterical. You people suck here in New York. That's happened a few times with me and my mom. We've gone to see a few movies the ones that it's like, why did those two go and see that one? And then those two are drawing attention to themselves because we're laughing our asses off and just having an absolute hoot with the movie. And it's like, can you believe this mother brought her son to that? We did it with the sequel as well. We went to go see Deuce Bigelow too. And that leads me into the next Norm story of our excitement and our giddiness when Norm MacDonald popped up in that and played one of the what are the what are the bigelows what are the gigolos uh not a bigelow he played a gigolo when he played one of the male gigolos like i still laugh at that and i wanted to rewatch that movie just for the norm parts uh so you know it's really it's it's crazy it's it sucks it's an you know it sucks that we lost a comedic genius it sucks that we lost somebody to cancer cuz cancer can suck a big one and you know i th so the norm stuff really hit me hard uh, i know the tribute started pouring in adam sandler uh telling uh, telling how he's just one of the greatest guys everybody around him uh he provided some of the hardest laughs and that's another one i didn't even bring up you know billy madison man he has like everything that norm did is a memorable thing from the way that he just had it and it's crazy that he was never a leading man because I really do think Dirty Work is a funny movie. It is a movie that's hampered by the studio not betting on an R-rated film, switching its release date, put it up against Godzilla in 1998. Like, yeah, that's not going to win the box office when you've got Matthew Broderick and Hank Azaria. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Zach. I gave Hank Azaria credits. Um, <laughs> but when you have that, like, it... Dirty Work wasn't going to win against that. A watered-down film that should have been R-rated. But Works is a PG-13 film. I would love to see the R-rated cut one day. Uh, especially, you know, as, especially with some of the things that I've heard ended up hitting the cutting room floor from that film. But, uh, you know, everything Norm MacDonald did was just gold and wonder. And, and honestly, we lost a comic legend, one of this generation's... Uh, comic geniuses so a uh, tough day in the entertainment world tough day as a fan uh, i i know if you love any of norm mcdonald's stuff you definitely are feeling a, 
at least something of like what I'm feeling. And you're probably sitting there right now shaking your head like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it sucks. So uh, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Definitely going to be watching uh, at least Dirty Work sometime over the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, I don't know how to move from that into other news except for just taking us into other news. And uh, some of that other news includes the twin sequel that's been talked about for years, apparently is moving forward. It's going to be called Triplets. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, they're going to learn that they have a third brother and that third brother was supposed to be played by Eddie Murphy. And there is a script written, and Eddie has seen the script, but according to director Ivan Reitman, Eddie has been all booked up since coming to America hit Amazon Prime Video. So he is out, but they have found a suitable replacement. One of his co-stars in coming to America, Tracy Morgan. So Tracy Morgan going to be taking the Eddie Murphy spot. Uh, the twin sequel is coming called Triplets, and they do hope to start filming early next year. I mean, cool, I guess. Why not? Go for it. Give it a go. I'm always down for Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Tracy Morgan's funny. Um, I mean, they've had the script for a while, so apparently everybody was on board with this. It's just Eddie's schedule made it a little conflicting and in order for them to move forward with it. They needed to find a replacement. So it seems like there's a little bit of faith there. I'm cool with that. Uh, I'm all, I'm in. Uh, I like this. Uh, I like, I really do like Twins. I think it's, uh, I think Twins is one of those of its times 80s movies. So I'm curious to see how it works today. But the twin sequel is on the way called Triplets. So we will see what that is, hopefully in the near future. Uh, some other news, I, I did want to kind of dive into the Matrix trailer for a split second. I, I think it looked awesome. Trailer really got me in the feels. It made me feel like, because we, we had briefly talked about how it was dropping last week, but uh, it hit me in the feels. It made me think that, hey, they, they remember what Matrix movie we like the most, so let's seek out to redo that Matrix movie again. Now, of course, it could be a sell, but either way, uh, I was down with the first look at what we saw from the Matrix. I'm super stoked for this Christmas, and uh, I'm ready to see Neo back in action again. Now, going to jump into uh, a bunch of different things from Marvel really quickly, because first off, Marvel Studios has announced uh, the release date for four mystery movies. Uh, we have no idea what these are, uh, but Marvel fans getting very excited because they did the release date stuff. Uh, and some of the non-movie titles have been revealed uh, to be coming out on February 16, 2024, May 3rd, 2024, July 26, 2024, and November 8th of 2024. Uh, there are also some untitled Marvel movies in July, October, and November of 2023, meaning there are at least seven unspecified Marvel movies in the works. Uh, the next outing for the MCU is going to be November with Eternals, which that's going to play into some of our other news on that, which is Disney committing to exclusive theatric releases. And it's starting with and it, it's really starting with Eternals. Um, so, yeah, 
let's get into this. We know the next title after Eternals uh, is going to be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th. Uh, we know Thor Love and Thunder is going to follow on May 6th of 2022. Uh, so they're going to dominate the first weekend every May until the end of 2021, it appears, uh, as well, because Black... And then you have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, coming out July of next year. Captain Marvel is going to be coming out November of next year. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is February 2023. Guardians Volume 3, which James Gunn caused a little controversy of that on social media by reminding everybody hey, uh, somebody's going to die in Guardians Volume 3. So I saw Chris Pratt trending and all the typical marks out there, social justice warriors, all that stuff, have decided that he needs to die because I guess he believes in God and praises God. So, yeah, there's 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 that. You know, that was the internet the other day uh, with that conversation. So, yay, internet. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. So the real question becomes, what are we seeing after that? I'm guessing one of these untitled is going to be the Blade film. Uh, We know that's coming. Uh, But of course, everybody's now asking, you know, uh, are we going to finally get the Fantastic Four film? Uh, All of this stuff. But hey, uh, let the speculation begin. I have a feeling that I imagine... My ideal situation with this is that we're seeing Shang-Chi 2 after it just was number one at the box office again. And we're going to see a sequel to Eternals as well. And probably that third Captain Marvel movie, because I'm sure she's going to get herself a little trilogy as well. And I know that we're saying the end of like Guardians and Thor, but... There's room for another Thor film. There's always room for another Thor film. I think out of all the original ones, uh, the one that's really, 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 really going to probably stick around a little longer would be Chris Hemsworth. And he, I, in my opinion, he'd be dumb not to. He doesn't need to walk on or walk away from that completely. He can still pop up as Thor in a bunch of different things. But yeah, I think we're looking at more sequels and really just a Blade film. And maybe the Fantastic Four will come somewhere down the line in like 2024. Uh, maybe that's the May one. Honestly, I would, if, if I'm Marvel, I'm slating May 2024, or that's your team up. And then you drop Fantastic Four in July and take that throughout August. Uh, yeah, that actually, that's ex- that would be my booking. My booking would be February, you drop. Maybe uh, another Black Panther movie, the third Black Panther film. Uh, Again, looking at a sequel to one of the established franchises. May 3rd, you drop one of the team-up films because that's where we're heading again, folks. We're heading to team-up movies again. So May gets to team up for uh, Memorial Day and then July, end of July, heading into August where it's a slower time usually at the box office and studio dumps are coming you can dominate for a while with that Fantastic Four film. So maybe that's where you get the Fantastic Four. Uh, but then you got that November 8th slot as well. So at, at not too late in the year, I was going to say that could be your Blade film. but Or maybe you put Blade in February, uh, May, team up July. Either way, 2024, I think, is where you see only two new introductions. I don't know how much they're going to go with the new, new films. Uh, Because I'm trying to think of what other characters 
or what other ones we know that they would introduce right now. Because Eternals is a big one, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, like all of all the ones that I mean, I guess there's always there's always room. It's Marvel. They keep it very close to the chest. Uh, but sticking with Marvel really quickly, uh, I did mention that Eternal is going to have the theatrical release. That was big news this past week. Disney committing to the exclusive theatrical releases for the remainder of 2021 uh, It comes after Shang-Chi saw a typical pre-pandemic box office drop in its second week to that of other of other Marvel movies. So the Mouse House decided we're banking on the 45 day exclusive theater run. We don't need to do the day and day releases, especially after what happened with Black Widow. Yeah, sure, we made it all in one bulk weekend, but it had such a drastic drop off. It's our biggest drop off ever. Shang-Chi maintained like a traditional Marvel film did when we didn't have a global pandemic or a Delta variant and things like that. So coming off of what was a week prior, Paramount panicking and delaying three big movies that could make them money to next year, you turn around and Disney's like, hey, um, we we took a gamble with Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi did well its first week. It had a normal drop off the second week we're sticking with it so eternal is going to be coming out in theaters uh but this also goes for the 20th century titles so that means the last duel ben affleck matt damon their big movie uh going to be coming out uh ridley scott the director of that uh, west side story which the second trailer just dropped for that today i'm i'm sold on that steven spielberg's west side story you got me uh ron's gone wrong the king's man i'm excited for the king's man that's going to get the 45 day theatrical window as well as uh, an animated musical film Encanto. uh that's going to have a 30 day window though on november 24th before hitting disney plus uh so that's going to open on disney plus on christmas eve i get why they cut that deal very smart very very smart uh, but as it stands right now, The Last Duel will be the next film coming out from the Mouse House, uh, including the 20th Century titles. That's going to be October 15th, Ron's Gone Wrong, October 22nd, Eternals, November 5th, West Side Story, December 10th, and then The Kingsman on December 22nd, which is such a weird release date for that film. I, I, I uh, okay, I guess. I mean, I feel like West Side Story would be a better one to put for the holiday season, especially, you know, with the Jewish director that is Steven Spielberg. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, as somebody who's got a Jewish father, we love the movies on Christmas. So, but it's still close enough to that Christmas window. Plenty of people will show up to it. But uh, just interesting that the Kingsman is, but then again, I'm the guy that went with my father again, my father on Christmas, we went to go see Django Unchained. So it's not unprecedented for a film like that to open around Christmas. Uh, no time to die. Also made some news over the week. Uh, we found out James Bond has plenty of time to die in the upcoming film. It's actually going to be the longest bond movie, 163 minutes, uh, wow. So plenty of time for James Bond to die in the next Bond film. Uh, but hey, it's his farewell. Uh, you got to wrap it up. Uh, I'm, I really hope that they do something cool. I don't, you know, do, do you let 
Daniel Craig's Bond right off into the sunset. Do you kill him? Do you completely break him? Like, I I don't know, but I feel like we're going to see an interesting conclusion to this. And this is setting up, I feel like this is setting up in a way that like Mission Impossible was trying to set up Jeremy Renner as the next Ethan Hunt. In Just in the sense of, we are just going to get a continuation of this story. So like Bond could die. Like, I feel like there are actual stakes, not we're just transitioning to a new James Bond and pretend and keeping it going and pretending the actors never changed. Like we say to do with Indiana Jones sometimes like we're, we're legitimately deciding that there are stakes here. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited and I'm take your time. I'm okay with it being the longest Bond film. I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to be enjoying my large popcorn. Probably going to be there by myself because I know the the, the girlfriend really don't care about the Bond films. Uh, And I don't think she's seen any of the Daniel Craig ones. So I think she'd enjoy them. But eh, yeah, not my, if she don't want to watch them, I ain't going to force her to. Uh, So yeah, plenty of time to die in James Bond. No time to die also uh the last bit of news this week again a lot of things kind of being reshuffled stuff like that so uh i'll just mention this the boy season three is officially wrapped uh let's see uh oh yeah on on underseen horror gem the guest getting a 4k release this october i mentioned that because we talked about that on hunter's podcast uh, the show i do with zach and his wife brooke we talked about that movie and what an underrated horror gem if you haven't seen so just mentioning that one as we head into the horror season which does bring us into the last bit of news and notes this week horror film related and it is the fact that we learned that blumhouse and the new halloween film is going to be released day and date talked about how disney sticking with the theater model well halloween kills is going to open October 15, 2021 in theaters, as well as release at home on the Peacock streaming network. So I don't know what else to really say, except if you want to check out the 12th installment of the Halloween franchise, you can do it in both ways. Uh, I, I really... I'm a little disappointed because, again, like like I was just saying, you know, we saw Disney commit. People want to go to theaters. These movies are going to make money in theaters. But I also still get that there are people out there that are scared. I mean, heck, when I started the show today, I was saying, I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying healthy because I get it. The Delta variant is a thing. It's out there. Want everybody to be safe. So I know people want to see this movie. And I know that there's a crowd that'll watch it at home, but I feel like if we have learned anything through the day and date releases, I think studios should have been learning that the audience is there if we want to see the movie. If there's a demand for the movie, we're going to see it. And it probably pays to not do the day and date release on your streaming platform because it will cut into some of your some of your money. It will cut into some of that 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 benefits some of the, some of that moolah that you make off of it. So uh, it's it's gonna be there on the NBC Universal service Peacock. Uh, and you know if you don't have Peacock, uh, you can get Peacock Premium for four ninety nine per month. That's where it's gonna be available to 
subscribers at no additional cost. So you can end up seeing this movie for five dollars. Uh, so you don't need to pay extra to see it if you have if you're already paying the five dollars. Uh, you will see some limited ads in the pre-roll unless you fancy, not like me. I pay for too many of these. I ain't fancy like that. Uh, which, by the way, check that song out, Fancy Like. I know some of you truly hate it, but others, you might love it. Uh, but if you do the nine ninety nine Peacock Premium Plus, then you'll get to see it ad-free. But uh, listen, I watch movies all the time on Peacock at the, at the $5 they really do. They just run a pre, it's like a minute 30 pre that gives you the time to f- grab the popcorn, grab a drink, run to the bathroom one last time. You might have to pause for the bathroom, but you know, grab that last minute thing, put your phone down, turn the lights out and get ready. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, for four ninety nine, you can check out Halloween kills at home. And I, I, I don't know how I really feel about it, except I do. And it's, and I'm not happy with the decision. That'll do it for the Mr. Wonderful Show this week. Again, there's going to be a very special episode next week that I'm excited to record. I will... I don't even know if I want to give you a little tease on it. Just that you're going to have to tune in. Now, it will be pre-recorded, obviously. Not going to be getting into any of the news and notes, so it's going to be something a little different next week. Uh, but very excited to bring that to you as I get ready to head off to Florida. I will be in the world of Universal Studios Orlando with some bros and some 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 bro broskies and dudes and dudettes and all that good stuff as uh, we make party at Halloween Horror Nights and I'll give some thoughts on that when I return. Uh, talk a little bit about that, but of course I'll be giving my deep thoughts on that on another podcast I do called Haunters Podcast that you can, of course, search and listen to if you're into the spooky Virginia haunts and haunted attractions and stuff like that. Uh, but until next time, everybody, remember, subscribe, uh, share the show, rate and review, uh, tell a friend, all that good stuff, and give me a follow as well on social media at wonderful underscore radio on Twitter, and we can interact that way. Also, my Instagram is uh, nickwonderful13, so you can give that a follow as well uh, to stay up to date with things happening show-wise in my life, all that good stuff, and we'll chit-chat there. Uh, do want to shout out uh, a couple of you as well who you know I know reached out last week with the Cinderella story, so... Uh, thank you all for telling me you were listening, sharing your Cinderella's, uh, who they are. And also a special thank you to Zach, who said his Cinderella was the Cinderella man himself, Gerard Butler. So, yeah, not what I meant, but I like the pick. Until next time, everybody take care. Peace and love.